This is Hers to Tell, Season 2, Episode 3, on June 29th, and this is your host, Christine Anjard. Hers to Tell is a podcast that is really for anyone who might be struggling with anxiety, insecurity, someone who needs a boost of confidence, or just someone who's tuning in to know that they are not alone. At Hers to Tell, we will interview and bring together women who are willing to share stories and struggles of overcoming adversity, which will inevitably lend advice to anyone who might be struggling with the same thing. So our topics will include attracting positivity in your life, which is our topic for today's episode, some advice from a wellness coach, other tools that gain clarity, and things that can just give you more happiness in your life. So this episode is all about happiness and positivity. That being said, tonight we have Miss Jessica, or <laughs> Jessie, as she likes to be called. So Jess and I actually met at a volleyball tournament, and I think we met like five years ago, mm-hmm. and both on the court and off the court, ever since I've gotten to know you, you just emanate such positivity, and she even makes the best out of everything. Like, if you hit a volleyball like 20 feet off the court, she's like, hey, that's okay, you got it. <laughs> <laughs> so... Jess, thank you for being a positive light in the world, and thank you for being on this podcast tonight. Well, thank you. Yeah, I'm glad to have you. (laughs) So to start off, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about what you do and why you do it? Sure. Um, Well, as you said, my name is Jessie, and I typically don't go by Jessica just because my mom typically says that when she's mad at me. (laughs) Um, It comes out as a full name, Jessica May Cernick. And then I get in trouble. Um, but I love when you say it because for some reason, I think it's sweet. <laughs> so it's fun to hear you say it. Uh, I am a Trinity International graduate. I graduated with a communications degree. And I thought I would stay in Illinois, which is where Trinity is. And the Lord moved me out to Colorado. And I got a job here. And I love what I do. I work at a company called Compassion International. And it fights for children in poverty in third world countries. So I love um, participating in something bigger than myself. And forgive my voice, I don't know why it's not quite working with me today. Um, I love what I do. I work specifically in the visits department. So I help sponsors who sponsor these kids in the other countries. Uh, If they're ever traveling, I help them get to the country and I set up a a one-day visit and they get an opportunity to meet the kid they sponsor. Wow. So Have you ever been a part of those... Yeah. Sponsor meetings. Yeah. So I got to visit my own kid about three years ago. I got to set up my own visit and go meet her. And she's, her name is Johanna and she lives in Guatemala and, um, it's a blast. Uh, there is nothing like meeting the child you write and the child you sponsor financially, um, in person. Yeah. It was life changing. That's so beautiful. Did you have a conversation with your sponsor or I mean did you like take him to the coffee or like what was that experience like yeah so um when I met with her it's a I went in a we also have trips with compassion that you can go on so it's a week-long experience where you get to see every facet of what your partnership looks like with the company and um you get one day with your kiddo so I got to go to the zoo with her so we well it's not really a zoo I don't know if I don't know if it's different in other cultures, but it had animals, but it also had rides. So was it in Guatemala? Mm -hmm. Wow. So I traveled to her. Wow. And you know, it's really interesting because you say that this, this podcast is all about affirmation and, and positivity and, and really like helping people walk through each other's lives. And it was really intriguing because when I met Johanna, um, I thought sponsoring her 
would change her life. I never thought sponsoring her would change my life. Um, and she's living in poverty. I saw her house and it's a very small tin, um, construction that, you know, a, a quick Colorado storm would have taken it out. Um, and she wants to be a doctor. Um, and she's five at the time when I met her and like to have aspirations like that, when you're not in a place where you have a firm foundation, where you have the financial means to pursue a degree, where you have the family support, um, her dad is not in her life. Um, and so she only has her mom and her sister and, it was just very inspiring to meet her and know that she has the same aspirations I do or the same aspirations women in America have. Um, she's just looking at a little bit more of an uphill climb to get there. Wow. So that's why I love what I do. Yeah. That is such an amazing and a beautiful story. And what a, I can't think of any other way than to really have an appreciation and a gratitude for the place that you live and the people that mm-hmm. you get to meet than to come face to face with Poverty. a child. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who are your response, who you are sponsoring, who mm-hmm. is not as well off as us. It, it just really makes you appreciate what we have and, oh, yeah. and who you can help. That's so beautiful. And you get to help other families. Yeah. So I, I don't do, um, a lot of the visiting. So my job is pretty much stateside, but when I do get to visit, it's unbelievable. It's just unbelievable to see it in person. Yeah. Have you worked with or seen any other interactions with these other families or parents and their sponsors? Yeah. So I also went to Uganda, um, on a compassion trip and I didn't meet a kid cause I didn't have a child I sponsored there. Um, I do now. I met a kid there and then um, my husband actually sponsored her uh, before we were married. Um, So he chose her when I met her. Uh, And that trip was unbelievable because the poverty in Africa is different from poverty in Central America. Um, Both are are traumatic and very difficult, but um, the poverty in Africa is deep. Uh, Haiti specifically is is very, very hard to see. Um, But in Uganda, they, I mean, again, the, the Lord is speaking because you would think coming from small means, they wouldn't have positivity. Mm-hmm. You would think they would have such a hard situation that that joy and positivity and hope would just be eliminated by circumstance. And I have never met more joyful and positive people than I did in Uganda. And specifically the child that my husband sponsors now, um, you can only have one kiddo in, if, if you have a lot of children, you can only have one of your children in the program. So when you sign up for um, Compassion's partnership, if you are a a family in poverty, you have to meet a certain poverty level and you can only put one of your kids in the school. So if you have a lot of kids, you have to choose which kid really is going to get those benefits. Now, the benefits of being in our program will impact the family, Mm -hmm. but mainly you're, you're selecting that one kid. And this family, um, the mom had one kiddo in it. She has seven kids. And she knew of a child that had been born that was unwanted. And so she found out that they had left this kid on the side of the road. She picked this kiddo up and um, stopped nursing her own child, who was a year and a half, and started nursing this child in order to to try to make sure that, that this child had a chance at life. So it was really amazing. And she got her child in our program so that her child could be taken care of. And she took care of someone else's kiddo. So they actually let her have that kiddo in the program as well because it wasn't her biological child. So it's amazing. Um, And she's the most positive person you'd ever meet and you would have never known this wasn't her child biologically. I just can't, I mean, I'm in awe of that story. It's 
such a beautiful story. And it's so interesting that, I mean, amidst all the chaos and the situations that are going on in the U.S., there's just so much outside of us that we sometimes fail to think about or maybe we think about every once in a while or it's in the back of our minds. So it's just, it's very beautiful to hear that. Um, So you were speaking a little bit about the poverty in Haiti, and I was wondering if you could paint us uh, a picture Mm -hmm. of what specifically, like, impacted you. Yeah, um, I haven't actually been to Haiti myself, but my coworker, who I'm very close to, came back from Haiti, um, and she she was impacted by that trip. Um, It's kind of like if you imagine, you know, driving down a road, and you're looking to the right, and you see roses, and you see... Um, maybe a beautiful plot of ground or you see a a beautiful building and then if you just glance to the left a little bit um, you see um, tons of junkyards and homeless people and kids climbing through junkyards searching for um, maybe some recycling they could sell for a penny that they could maybe take back to their parents to maybe um, buy enough rice for their whole family to eat that night. Or, um, you know, it was, it was, it's just, she, the way she was explaining it, um, it wasn't a safe environment. It wasn't, um, and not for any race or ethnicity, it wasn't a safe environment to grow in, um, as a person, like as a kid, as a, as an adult, um, there were kids that would just be waiting outside the school. Um, they would just be circled around the school in tattered clothes, um, begging to be in this program, begging to be a part of of the joy and the, and the, and the, and the beauty of being able to think past your next meal. And so one of the things I, I always think of when I'm in country and when I'm with these kiddos is that in America, I forget that I have the opportunity to dream. I dream big. I dream about the things I want and the places I want to go and who I want to impact and, and what I want to do. And I have food on my table and I can do that because I can think past poverty. Poverty is not something I'm hit with. Mm-hmm. on a daily basis. Now America does have poverty and there there are areas that we can improve in that sense, but there is something to not being able to dream about being a doctor or not being able to dream about going to college because no one in your family has because most of your siblings haven't made it to an age where they could go to school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even grade school mm-hmm. is what you were saying before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really puts things in perspective mm-hmm. when you're involved in that type of opportunity yeah. you get to be there and see what they're going through and put yourselves in the shoes it really helps you take a step back and be grateful for what you have be mm-hmm. positive but I want to go back to you were saying you've never seen people more positive and more happy to be alive and I just want to take a moment to really resonate with what you just said there because I think oftentimes especially with what's going on mm-hmm. right now with um, everything with COVID-19 and with, mm-hmm. um, unfortunately, all the all the racist stuff that's going on. It's just, it's really hard to, to say, okay, I have food on the table. I have a roof over my head. Like, it's going to be okay, mm-hmm. you know? It's just, it, it can be hard sometimes to, like, take that step back and say, there are people in this world outside of the U.S., outside of our state, outside of our mm-hmm. city that are struggling right now so you know yeah and they're being hit with covid the same as us Mm -hmm. um the difference is that we have a healthcare system that that allows a lot more technology driven assistance Mm -hmm. whereas you know you know there's people in third world countries dying of malaria they're dying of 
um, treatable diseases that we in the United States, our numbers are way lower just because we have technology advancement. We have, um, you know, the education advancement that allows us to have that. And so even if you want to go present tense, COVID is hitting USA hard. Just imagine what it's doing in Haiti mm-hmm. or in a third world country. Third world poverty, country. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is, that is really, uh, that's some profound words there. I don't, I don't know if I've even, um, taken a sit back to thought of that, my think of that myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess I don't want to dwell on this too much, but sure. speaking of COVID-19, can you tell me a little bit about, um, or take me back to March, I guess, to start when, you know, COVID was, uh, COVID-19 was coming to light yeah. and people weren't sure that it was a virus and then everybody was on lockdown and it's still present, you know, the numbers are, mm-hmm. are still rising and we're trying to figure out if we're going to stay in or go out and some Mm -hmm. people have very different views. So tell me a little bit about how this experience with a worldwide pandemic has affected your positivity. Yeah. Um, I, so as a communications major, I've taken a lot of personality tests. If if there's any of you out there, you know what I'm talking about. Have you taken strengths finders? Yeah. Okay. That's my Strengths finders, (laughs) Enneagram, the, um, oh man, I can't even remember them all. There's, an animal one you can take. There's a color one you can take. There's, I've taken them all. Um, I don't know why, but my professors really felt like in order to be able to communicate well, you have to understand yourself and you really have to understand people and where they're coming from. And so my emphasis is in personal relational skills. So I like to take what I know about myself and I try to apply it to other people. I would say that I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that positivity has stayed the same through the whole course. I think that Positivity is kind of in my nature. I, I love to think about the the better, the ways things can be better, not the way things could be worse. Um, I think at the very beginning of COVID, I, I, I wasn't sure what was going on. I thought I was a little surprised. It impacted work a little bit. Um, I work in travel. So all the sponsors are traveling, we're traveling. So having that taken away in March was pretty startling. Mm-hmm. Um, we... And I thought, hey, no big deal. My positivity, I'll get on the positivity bus, toot toot, all aboard. And like, we'll be back up and running in April. And then, you know, we waited out and April hits and, and we're in Colorado. So we got shut in for that entire month, pretty much, I would say. Yeah. yeah. And I, I still stayed positive that things were going to go very normal in our company, um, specifically because what we do impacts kids in poverty. They're very specific about the way they communicate and the way that we talk to our sponsors through this. Mm-hmm. So like they, our president sent us photos of all the kids lined up to get their rice bags at a couple student centers, which are schools mm-hmm. in the country and they all have their masks on. And, you know, you don't think of, you know, you think of your problem when you're sitting in it, when you're sitting in the dark and you're sitting in your problem, you don't think of like other people's problems. Right. And some of that outward facing communication really pulls you to think of others. So a lot of the time, the way I get out of being negative, or if I ever get down on myself is that if I can think about how someone else wants to be treated, or if I can think of how someone else is feeling, I can get out of how I feel and I can focus on the positives. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't take away the realism of the moment, but it allows you to, it really allows you to, to express yourself in a way that other people would appreciate. Yeah, you're putting yourself in the other person's shoes. Yeah, which leads a little bit more into empathy, more so than positivity, but 
Yeah. But yeah, you, you're walking in their feet. You know, you're saying, okay, look, if those kiddos can stand there in the hot sun with a black mask on and eat their rice, I can sit in my house, which has quite a few amenities, and I can wait this out. Yeah. You know, versus, mm-hmm. so I think my job gives me a unique situation to be able to see this outward, that my situation is infinitely better mm-hmm. than it could be for someone else. Right. So it might not be where I want, you know, spiritually, physically, emotionally, but I'm, I'm, I've, my basic needs are met. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is a really beautiful mindset to have. And I can't say that I've thought that or either put myself in somebody else's shoes to like think that way. Has that kind of always been with you or is that something that came about during your job specifically? Yeah, that's a great question. I um, have traveled my whole life. So Colorado's coming right up on my Arizona time frame. I've now almost stayed in Colorado the longest, but Arizona used to be the longest because my family, um, my dad's a pastor and we moved my whole life. So we've moved from Illinois to Michigan to Arizona. Um, we lived overseas for a long bit. We lived in Russia. Um, so I've kind of always had an outward facing perspective. And I think part of that, you know, depending on who you ask in my family, um, I'm, I'm very, you know, it's, it's just a place. Wherever I live is just a place. And if I can connect with people and I can make friendships, those are real. Mm-hmm. And wherever my home, and I'm doing air quotes for those of you that can't see me, wherever my home is, doesn't change that it might be a new surroundings and it might be scary and it might be hard, but it's the connections that make where you live real. Mm-hmm. And that's always been a thing. So I would say my job has opened my eyes to poverty, but I've always been very like outward facing, empathetic, a little bit more on that. My parents have said I've had a sparkle in my eye. Like I've always had that positivity idea where the next best thing is right around the corner. And if you ask me today, I'll tell you the next best thing is right around the corner. And it doesn't matter who it's for. And it doesn't matter if it's for America. It doesn't matter if it's for a child in poverty or a millionaire, whoever it is, your next best thing is right around the corner. If you can, if you can believe that. And I, I believe that's, that's how people could live life. Yeah. And what a great message to just continue to like to tell people. And I feel like I'm going to like shout it from a mountain or shout it from a rooftop or something. It's like, you just need to believe in yourself mm-hmm. because that's the hardest part of yeah. getting out of this kind of like spell that you have or this downward like trend. Cause mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to lie. I've definitely, I struggled to be in my house alone it was really hard to work during the day. And I mean, you know, Zoom and the internet and all of these other tools like Microsoft Teams, et cetera, et cetera. These tools are great because you can see people, but Mm -hmm. there's just something different about being in person that Mm -hmm. makes it so much more real and enjoyable and you feel like there's camaraderie and And there's somebody supporting you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, empathy, connection, just all of those emotions that really – like humans need that. We desire that. Mm-hmm. So it was just really personally hard for me when that was kind of taken away, like at a moment's notice yeah. for like three or four weeks or months, you know, it's just a long time. So I guess, did you experience anything like that where you couldn't go into work and were kind of by yourself? Yeah. Uh, that is, I think you hit it on the head. It's a hard thing. That is a hard thing, especially now introverts unite. They love, they're like, Hey, Woo-hoo, we got to sit at home and nobody got to interact with me. And this was prime time. Um, my, my brother-in-law is a mega introvert and he was thrilled. 
He just, he loved the experience of staying alone. And I'm an extrovert. I do not like to be alone. I, I get energy from being with people, from connecting and having that bond. And so I think that it was really tough. I think it's really a tough thing to, and then my best friend, one of my best friends, she, her sister was very specific. They could come visit, but they couldn't, they had to stay six feet apart and they couldn't touch and they have a two-year-old. How do you explain that to a two-year-old? Hey, there's auntie and you can't, you know, don't, don't give her any, don't, don't get too close. And so like, there's that underneath too. And I, I think one thing to keep in mind is your hard might be different from someone else's hard and it doesn't change that it's hard. So like poverty is really hard. It's a hard that a lot of people don't understand, but it doesn't change that the hard you're facing isn't hard. So it might not be that you're looking for that basic meal, but your heart is equally as hard because every person is unique and every person has to feel and process in their own way. So it was hard. I, there's nothing about COVID, this pandemic that I am pleased with. I, I was for many months tooting the positivity horn Mm -hmm. and I kept trying to convince people. I was like, get on, get on the bus. Like, let's go. We got this. This is just a phase. This is going away. We have smart doctors. We have smart technology. We don't have to stay in the house forever. We got this. And then like, as the weeks progressed, it stayed the same. And we're still in kind of that same season with a little bit more freedoms per se. Um, And then it kind of turned a little more personal, I would say, where it went from, we've got a big fact here is what we've requested everyone do to, well, now you can do what you feel like you want to do. So if you want to wear a mask, go ahead. If you don't want to wear a mask, don't wear a mask. If you want to feel, and it became this complicated thing. And Mm -hmm. that's where, um, one of the things about positivity is that like, you always have to be in the mindset of like something good is right around the corner. So like if we had to take this to volleyball real fast, because obviously we play, (laughs) right? If I was to sit there and sometimes I am a culprit of this and I, you can get in a negative space. You can say, man, I hit that ball out or man, I have not passed this serve three times. I stink. I am the worst. Or you can just start repeating these. And I like to think they're lies. These lies in your head over and over again, that you're worthless or that your play was dumb or that you're not a good player or I'm a bad person because I've done this or I'm a, and if you let those negative thoughts resonate in your head, the hope that comes with positivity will go away. Yeah. You almost become your thoughts. You will become what you're thinking. And that's why you've got to believe that even though I'm a little, um, little leery of COVID right now, because of where it's at in my personal life, where it's at in my work life, because I'm waiting on travel to pick up, I could be in the space that says, you know what? It's never going to change. I'm stuck like this. I need to start looking for a new job that maybe won't be with travel. Maybe this will be something that's more safe, something that's, you know, in my house or something that's, you know, easier. Mm-hmm. But if I start thinking that way, I'm going to lose everything that makes me me. Right. And what makes me me is is the strengths that every strength you have as a person is what makes you you. Even your weaknesses make you you. But your strengths outweigh the weaknesses. And if you can't focus on that next big thing coming around the corner or like, hey, you know what? This has been a long, hard haul, but it's going to get better. You're going to sit in that place of mistakes and negative thoughts and that positivity that you're hoping for, it's going to get strangled by the negativity. 
Right. And then, and then that's a hard place to come back from. It definitely is. Yeah. It is so interesting that what you were saying that resonated with me the most is just like, you know, the, the good news is right around the corner. The good actions mm-hmm. right around the corner. If you keep telling yourself it's going to get worse, we're in a shitty situation, excuse my French, mm-hmm. you know, like I'm going to lose my job. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. The more you say that, the more it sticks in your mind. And you might be thinking like, no, mm-hmm. I just said it once. Like there's no way it could affect me, but it does. It affects you subconsciously. It affects you at work on the job, off the job, you know, when you're off work, you're thinking about work. Yeah. When you're at work, you're thinking about home and just stress. So there's just so much of your thoughts that really dictate like how you, how you act and what you do and, and like who you are, mm-hmm. your confidence, your emotions, your positivity mm-hmm. and your interactions with other people. And your posture. Exactly. I mean, it's going to affect everything. Yeah. So, I mean, mm-hmm. you talked a lot about you know, obviously this, the situation with COVID has been a hot topic for a conversation this evening, but Mm -hmm. what do you think is the best thing that's going to come out of this? Mm -hmm. That's a good question. You know, I, my first positive thought about it was that it would bring our country together. Um, it seems in the past fires and, um, big situations, hurricanes have brought everyone together. You know, they, the, the first responders, the police officers, everybody kind of like comes to the, to the, to the middle of that moment and meets the need where it's found in COVID's case. I think tensions have escalated. I think, um, there were a lot of factors that went into that. Um, there's a lot of, uh, race dissension, you know, discussion going on. Um, there's a lot of that. And I, I think originally I would have said it would have brought us together. My positive thought was this trauma, this pandemic we're all experiencing it so we don't have to even walk in each other's shoes because we're we're doing it mm-hmm. you know on a day-to-day basis but because each state of the united states was so different in how they handled it i wouldn't say that um i think i think it's going to improve our metal medical i think our doctors someone's going to come up with a cure a vaccine um a way to combat covid and i think once they do that it'll be like the flu shot or any of the other vaccines we have for fighting like malaria, Mm -hmm. just like those things. I think that eventually I'm again, positivity is my thing. (laughs) I'm positive that we're going to come together at some point as a nation. Um, I don't know if it's a prayer. I don't know if it's positivity. I don't know why I'm still there because the, the discord is so strong that I, I don't really like to turn the news on. Um, I don't really like to, engage if I notice that people are really passionate about it because I don't want to offend anybody and I don't want to, you know, I want to love everybody and I want everybody to love each other. And I want to find a way to do that across the nation, across skin color, across uh, gender, across, I, I want to find a way to have that. And if I don't say that in my head, I, I would lose that positivity. Mm-hmm. So I would say we're going to find a way to improve our medical system. I think we're going to find a way to save lives. And ultimately, I think that maybe a few months or years down the road, we're going to remember this historical moment as a time when there was dissension that we eventually brought together. Mm -hmm. Because I do think, I've got to believe that the United States cares about all its people, every single person, you know, in in our entire nation. I agree. So I think I'd have to, I'd have to hope for that at least. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. What a good message. And I love the hope. Hope, I think, was the center of that. Mm -hmm. Like, positivity was, yes, but 
really, really hope. Yeah. So I think, you know, we're, we're getting close to 30 minutes here. And I think what I'd like to do for the next few minutes is walk us through this exercise that not only builds off of COVID, but just builds mm-hmm. off of our experiences and off of all of you listeners' experience. I just think this will be really healthy to take a step back. So wherever you are, just get try and get comfortable. If you're sitting, if you're standing, just, just stop for a second. Roll your shoulders to the back. Roll your shoulders to the front. Close your eyes. What we're going to do is I'm going to invite you to think about what you're grateful for. Think about your experiences that you've had in your life. Think about all the times that you've been happy and think about all the people that have led you to where you are today. Think of the moments that made you the happiest last week, last month, the last six months, the last five years. And I'll just invite Jess and I to to say what we're grateful for out loud, and I'll go first. You guys can follow along. So what we're going to do first is take a deep breath in and out. One more breath in and out. So today, I'm most grateful for love. I'm grateful for love from God, love of my friends and my family, support from my family. I'm grateful that I have a roof over my head. I'm grateful for my job. And I'm grateful for everybody who's listening. And I'm just grateful for the message that we can send to everybody else out there to continue to have hope. I'm grateful for Jess and the opportunity to have her speak on this podcast. And and last, I'm just grateful for love. I am just so grateful for my friends and my family, um, my great support system that are there for me any time I need them. I'm also grateful for faith. Um, my faith is my foundation, and I'm just grateful for the opportunity to have a platform where you can share um, the good, the bad, and the ugly. I'm grateful for the food that I got to eat tonight and the friends I got to hang out with. And I'm, fra- I'm very grateful for my job. I'm very grateful for the, the kiddo I sponsor. Um, I'm grateful for her impact on me. I'm grateful for doctors and nurses. I'm grateful for everyone who helps in any situation. And I'm just overall grateful for this opportunity tonight and my friendship um, with Christine. And I just, I'm just blessed and honored. Thanks for that. That was great. And I hope if there was one person out there that that benefited, then that would make me, that would make me happy. Yeah. And you nailed the, um, you were one of the tips from the mental health America for how to achieve positivity is the exercise you just did. Oh my Um, gosh. Yeah. It's breathing in. It's you, you think of all the positives, you find gratitude. Um, you write it down, you 
find a five minutes every day and you just focus your mind on all the positives and you tell yourself all those things. So that's great. spot on. Well, thanks. Um, well, definitely appreciate your time, Jess. And to wrap it up, the last question I want to ask you is what's one thing we can do to make the world a better place? It's a great question. I think the world needs more stars. And I know you guys are probably all thinking famous people. I don't mean famous people. Um, I mean people who shine in the darkness. So when the world is getting dark and things look bad and there's a pandemic on the table and people are losing jobs and people are losing lives and um, people are, are in dissension over politics and life and um, you need the people, the people that stand out and they say, um, I have more love to give. I have more kindness to give. I have more empathy to give and there's something bigger and better around the corner. And those are the kind of people um, that I would say are game changers and we need more of them in, in the world. I definitely agree. Sounds like you're uh, challenging <laughs> people to step up <laughs> to the action. plate here. <laughs> Call I think action. we have a next generation that can do it. I definitely agree. I yeah. think we can do it. That sounds great. Well, awesome. Thank you just so much for your time and your beautiful message of not only positivity, but hope and love. And it's so inspiring to hear what you're doing with your job. And I loved hearing the story of your sponsor. That was so beautiful. Thanks for sharing that with us. Yeah, thanks for having me. So if people want to reach out to you just to hear more about your company or your background, how can people reach you? Um, You can can email me zjcerne3 at tiu.edu. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> and if people are interested in your company, oh sure. Share that link yeah, too. Compassion International. You can find us online at www.compassion.com. Um, it's one of the first sponsorship organizations that should pop up. It's based in Colorado Springs, and I'd be happy to answer any work questions if you have them, or any personal questions about my experience as a sponsor. Perfect. Thank you, Jess. Yeah, no problem. I am definitely going to look into that because I think some type of sponsorship and Mm -hmm. just involvement in something that's bigger and greater than myself has been something that I'm super interested in so I'll definitely be reaching out cool well thank you to all the listeners I really hope that this episode gave you a little bit of of positive light in what seems to be a crazy world Mm -hmm. (laughs) so um thanks again for listening and thanks again for coming Jess yeah thanks for having me this is uh, season two, episode three on positivity. That's a wrap. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. <laughs> Take care. We'll see you next time. <laughs>